I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then, you know, who cares about what the others say? All right. Hello. We're in between listeners. We have made it to our season one recap. This is our first of the three recaps that we're going to do throughout the series. And uh, really excited to sort of look. We've been looking, you know, at minute details and small characters and little beats and quotes and moments. But this is a good chance to talk about the show as a whole because so many Nicktoons don't have any sort of overarching plot or narrative or uh, ideas that continue on. So it'll be cool to kind of thread those laces together. Yeah, so last time we discussed about uh, Camp, uh, the summer of Camp Caprice, which was the season one finale. So now we're going to go into what we thought about season one, what were our top three or top five episodes, and what do Casey and Ashley think season two is going to be about. And while we're at it, we might as well read off the comments from episodes 15 through 20. Let's start off with episode 15, Deja Who. Okay, we have our first comment from Marlena Mook who says, I think this episode has a good moral in being true to who you are as a person and how you shouldn't let people manipulate and tell you how you should act. We also have a comment from Frosty Chama, who says, The Carl and Hoodsy half of the story is far the better one in this episode. I always found their friendship touching because it seems like Carl and the Foutley household by extension gives Hoodsy a place to be who he really wants to be and gives him an outlet to be a weird kid and have fun, quite different from the stifling environment of his house where Joanne is overbearing and particular. Carl can be sort of bossy, sure, maybe Hoodsy needs a more dominant personality to help him come out of his shell. Also, I never thought about shipping Carl and Hoodsy, but Blake's infatuation with Carl reads like a massive childhood crush to me. As always, great episode, guys. Thank you so much, Frosty Chama. That sounds like a really interesting kind of shipping, a Blake with Carl. I mean, it will be kind of dysfunctional, but hey, you know, maybe it'll work. Our next comment comes from Theater Raven, and this person says, I never understood the ginger thinks she's Courtney thing. It'll be one thing if she got really wrapped up into taking Courtney's place, but no, we're supposed to buy that she literally believes she's Courtney. How does that even work? This episode was just weird. It was weird back then, and it's weird now. Yeah, that plot point was definitely a little bit odd, which is not one of my favorite things about this episode. And uh, we have a comment from Esmeralda 2 Diamond, and she says, I love this, and it's great that finally someone takes on this series. This episode is interesting. I always thought that Dodie would be a better Courtney than Ginger, because Dodie wants to be more popular than Ginger. And she can fake it better, or maybe she didn't need to fake it at the end. I would be really interesting to see the plan work out and Dodie take over Courtney's identity for real. The Amnesia story was interesting, but I would have liked to have a bit more backstory and maybe a longer story about that, like maybe a few parts instead of just being a one-off episode. Yeah, I definitely agree. I would have thought that maybe with Hoodsy's side of the story, the Amnesia thing would have maybe carried off 
in a few more episodes or maybe in a case in which he never fully 100% recovered and maybe he would get like little snippets of his um, memory here and there. But other than that, yeah, it's only one off in this episode, but they do bring it back on and off in a few episodes of the series. Going into the where in between forums, we have a comment from Norbert who says, Does anybody find it odd that blizzard conditions took place in the winter? Then Deja Who took place what looked like spring, and then the even Stephen holiday special took place in winter. For a show that's very consistent with its continuity, you'd think two episodes about winter would take place back to back instead of having a spring episode between them. Was it a whole year's break between Blizzard Conditions and an even Stephen Holiday special? Or did the episodes just air out of order? That just seems odd to me. Other episodes keep this straight, but not these few episodes. What are your thoughts? That's actually a pretty good question. Uh, personally, for me, I don't really know. Probably they've been aired out of order. Maybe they just needed an episode to kind of put in between Deja Vu and an even Stephen Holiday special. But yeah, your guess is as good as mine. And as far as I'm aware, there's never been a full-on answer to that. Okay, now we're going to go over to episode 16, which was an even Stephen Holiday special. And we have our comment from No Parking Barry. And he says... I have a nostalgic soft spot for an even Stephen Holiday special because it was the earliest episode of As Told by Ginger I remember seeing back in Christmas 2003, over a decade before I became an obsessed fan of it. Otherwise, I might give this episode a meh rating for two flaws. As I always do, I applaud the show for tackling subjects rarely dealt on a kid's show, Ju Judaism in this case. However, the way Ginger immediately let her one-quarter Judaism try to overshadow her three-quarter Christianity felt a little uncomfortable to me. It gets even odder during the Even Steven party. And of course, Dodie wasn't any better, constantly pestering Ginger regarding her holiday preferences. The whole thing between Ginger and Dodie reminds me of how Francine and Muffy were in Arthur's Perfect Christmas, if you remember that special. Um, I think I may have seen a commercial on that Christmas special on PBS, but I've never seen it. That must have been like a later season, like probably years after I stopped watching it. And we have a comment from Animation Meh, who says... For a while, I've watched the old-school-length YouTube channel discussing about the classic 90s Nickelodeon shows such as The Origins of Arnold, What Makes Us Told by Ginger Groundbreaking, You'd Overlook Nicktoon, Is Disney's Doug Really That Bad, etc. I will need to check out the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast with Casey and Ashley. They are hilarious. The intro of the podcast made me happy because I'm kind of going through a depression state where I feel empty. But this podcast made me really happy. Keep up the good work and commentary. Thank you very much for that animation, Matt. And also, thank you very much for drawing fan art of We're In Between. Yes, for the first time in We're In Between, and personally for me in my five years of doing Old School Lane, we have fan art. And it has um, Casey, Ashley, and I as cats, and it's pretty awesome. So if any of you guys have any fan art to draw for We're In Between, you can email me at oldschoollane86 at gmail.com, or you can just share it on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, the links are in the description box below. And uh, also, thank you so much to Daughter Deep and Frosty Chama saying that you guys like garbage. That is awesome. And, you know, as you know, as previously mentioned, that uh, if you're looking for garbage, you've come to the right place. 
Okay, now we can go over to episode 17, which was Peace of My Heart. We have a comment from Kia Clark, and she says, Great podcast as always. I agree that the B-plot wasn't very intriguing, but it was very interesting to watch the boys sneaking around the middle school, LOL. I did enjoy how cute Macy and Hoodsy were together at the dance. I think Darren overreacted when Ginger was trying to tell him the truth. I honestly think Will was a bit conceited and rude at times, but he does show his love for Darren, which is very sweet. Absolutely, I definitely do agree. Our next comment comes from Joyce's 545. This person says, I'm really loving how like-minded it seems Casey and I are when it comes to potential pairings in this series. I too think Hoodsy and Macy make a great pair despite the age difference, which would seem like much once they got older. I have to disagree with Jackie. I think Macy and Hoodsy should have been paired up and perhaps the subject would have been explored further throughout the series. Anyway, I give this episode a yay for the most part because even though it does deserve a meh, the Macy slash Hoodsy plot was really cute and interesting and ooh, the feels. Didn't like the Darren part much though and I wanted to slap him when he shut Ginger down like that. I fell for you, Ashley. The Carl and Blake part felt really overshadowed by the A plot, but it did give more insight as to how Blake seems to be more keen on being on good terms with Carl rather than bad. And on the subject, to answer the inquiries on why Blake wanted to do what he did, I think the reason he was keen to help Carl out was because this was a way he could work towards ending the rivalry with him for good. I honestly think it's very safe to suggest that despite Carl and Blake being rivals throughout the series, Blake deep down hates this. He, he in reality wants what Hoodsy has. He wants to be Carl's best mate. He wants to be the one to cause mischief with Carl. He wants to be the one to assist him with his little schemes. And I think that's been hinted at since the very first episode, considering that Blake was seemingly so psyched about the prospect of playing with Carl in that episode, not to mention his somewhat dislike of Hoodsy. You make a really good point, Droysis, that maybe the reason why Blake wanted to be with Carl, even though that he had nothing to gain in the episode, was to kind of get closer to Carl and to see if maybe he can have a similar friendship to what Hoodsy has. But in my personal opinion, it still kind of leads up to a bit of a rivalry throughout the later seasons. And of course, when we get up to season three, it does start to play out a little bit more. But it still didn't feel like they really clicked just yet. But yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. And finally, last but certainly not least, we have episodes 18 through 20, which is the summer of Camp Caprice. And we have a comment from Joshua Moore who says, I agree with Patricia that summer of Camp Caprice is the weakest of the four TV movies of the series. I admit that the plots could have been developed better, which had potential particularly with the ones with Ginger and Sasha and Carl and Hoodsy, and just hearing Patricia talk about the next episode Sasha's gonna be in gives me bad memories of one certain part of that episode. But since I did go to summer camp when I was a kid, I felt nostalgic watching it for the summer camp setting of Camp Caprice. It's also nice to see Courtney trying to do normal stuff like going to summer camp even though she failed miserably at it. And the song Copper Color Ponies, while not one of the best songs featured on the show, it's a cute one in my opinion. Overall, I give Summer of Camp Caprice a big meh. I don't think the TV movie is as bad as Patricia thinks, but it's definitely not as fantastic as to what the rest of the TV movies that are going to be talked about. Yeah, um, I personally don't really like Summer of Camp Caprice due to various reasons. It brings up really interesting plot points that either goes really quickly or doesn't get resolved. And <laughs> I've already mentioned about my hatred for Sasha. So yeah, I mean, I personally don't like it, but if you just think of it as either a meh or you really love it, then that's perfectly fine. 
Okay, so um, we have another one from Ia Esmeralda to Diamond, and she says that she loves this episode. It's one of her favorites. That's fantastic. If you really do like this episode, then you know what? More power to you. Ian Cohn says, I didn't care for this episode either. So rock on, Ian. I guess we're in the same boat. Okay, we have another one from Norbert over at the Wear in Between forums. And he says, on Summer of Camp Caprice, Casey, Ashley, if you like the TV movie, you're going to love Far From Home, Butterflies Are Free, and The Wedding Frame. Trust Patricia, they are fantastic, especially Butterflies Are Free. I can't believe, Patricia, you hated this episode. Yes, I do. Don't I really don't like this episode. I'm very sorry. Anyway, also, Patricia, have you noticed that all us told by Ginger TV movies seem to take place in a different season? Think about it. Summer of Camp Caprice took place in the summer. Far From Home took place in the winter. Butterflies Are Free took place in spring. And The Wedding Frame took place at the end of the fall. I can't wait to hear what Casey and Ashley think of the three movies. I think they're going to love them, and I predict at least one super yay from Casey. By the way, you should also add a super nay to contrast that I have a feeling that you may give it to one of the later episodes like Dodie's Big Break. That's all I have to say. I'm in between. And uh, thank you so much for that, Norbert. And I'm sure Casey and Ashley will definitely give at least a super yay to one of the TV movies. And as for the super nay, well, I'm sure Casey will come up with it at some point because he always tends to do that. All right, well, that is it for the comments, everybody. Thank you so much for all your comments on Where Between throughout this first season. We cannot wait to read off your comments from season two. So until then, let's continue on with our discussion. So now that you guys have been fully acquainted with the first season of As Told by Ginger, what did you guys think of it as a whole? Here, I I can start this off. I think it does a really good job of setting us up with these characters. There hasn't been anything huge, huge plot-wise, but I definitely feel like there's a lot of things that have been built up where I can see where things are going to be taken a lot further. Um, We've definitely had some amazing moments of, you know, character development. And I think it does a really good job of, like I said, not just setting it up because things do happen, but sort of getting us really immersed into this world. And I'm really interested to see where it keeps going. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I love watching these episodes. I've done it kind of binge style where I'll just watch the ones for that we're going to record at once right in a row, which has been good. But I think I've retained pretty well. It helps taking notes. And, you know, I listen to every one of these episodes because I'm a nerd and just I like hearing the finished product. Um, so kind of hearing us talk about the show has become my memory of the show instead of the show itself. So it's been kind of cyclical in that way, but I still love it. There were a couple dud episodes, but not very many. Yeah, uh, season one has been pretty consistent with, like, decent episodes. There have been some mess and, you know, a few nays that I don't really care about. But as for itself, it does... It does do things pretty consistently. We do get a nice balance with Ginger's side of the story and Carl's side of the story. Sometimes either or can be really, really dull, especially the Carl and Hoodsy side plots. And we do get a lot of great continuity moments that carry on throughout the series. So yeah, even from like, you know, the second episode onward, there are some callbacks, there are some references that it does keep the flow really, really nicely, which makes it a show that was really ahead of its time. I mean, sure, there are some ep- there are Nicktoons that do keep up like some references, but they've all been standalone-ish. But here, it's like a, a full, you know, full um, plot-driven story. So it's really nice to, you know, look back on it as a whole. So, yeah, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about what your top three or top five favorite episodes of season one were. I have 
have a top five list already, and this was based off of my top 15 as told by Ginger's episodes list, but it really hasn't much changed since then. So here we go. My number five is the first episode, Ginger the Juvie. It gives off a great introduction to the character setting and story. It ends really, really strongly with Miranda arresting Ginger for stealing the enter sign and with Blake stealing Carl's petrified eyeball. And it would continue on throughout episode two. So it's a great starting point. Number four is Sleep On It. I really do like the slumber party aspect of the story. I do like that it does have a follow-up with Carl's um, petrified eyeball being stolen and then they wanted to get back you know there's also some really funny moments that i love like when ginger knocks on the door rings the doorbell and she sees that and courtney sees that she's early and then they talk about like the there's the um the whole you know arriving you know like fashionably late joke that's always been one of my favorite moments so i do really love this episode Number three is going to be Carl and Maude. I love the interactions with both Carl and Maude. They make an awesome couple together. They play a lot of pranks, and we do see Carl's kind of love, um, you know, towards Maude, even though that she's much older. It's definitely one of, if not my favorite, Carl and Hoodsy side plot from the first season. I, I do really enjoy this episode. Um, this is probably one of the few times in which I didn't really care about Ginger's side plot. And number two is Comeback Little C girl macy is amazing in this episode she stands up for what she believes in she wants to perform the little seal girl and she doesn't care about what other people think about her and that's just the best thing about that episode and finally number one is hello stranger it's a classic for a reason ginger wanting to get closer to her father writing that beautiful poem and of course we see how much of a wonderful mother lois is so yeah, those are those are my top five. So if you guys want to give off your top five or top three or whatever, then go for it. Sure, I'm ready to go. And if I do end up betraying one of my ratings, I might just be remembering things slightly wrong. <laughs> like, if I have a show that I gave a meh in my top five, I might have just been having a bad day when I gave it the meh rating. So I don't want to read too much into that. Okay, my number five is going to be I Spy a Witch. <laughs> it's such a silly episode, and I really enjoy... I think I did give this one a yay. I enjoy the overlap of the real-life witch hunt and the stage witch hunt, even though it becomes super heavy-handed. Um, my number four, it'll be Sleep On It as well, because I it introduces the... It, like, solidifies the girls' dynamics really well. My third favorite episode, I, I'll, Patricia, I'll just say it off the bat, my top three is the same as yours. Um, I love Carl and Maude. Maude is amazing. I almost put that episode number two, but I have to, you know, keep in mind how amazing Macy is in Comeback Little Seal Girl, my number two episode. Hello, Stranger, number one. I don't think I need to say anything more than that. All right, so I only had a top three prepped, if that's okay. Otherwise, I can try to throw five together if I... <laughs> Need to match up with you guys. Um, I guess if I were going to do... Because my top three is going to be the same. So I guess if I have to throw in just another sort of a call-out, I'm going to go ahead and say that um, I did appreciate the Even Stephen Holiday special and getting to see sort of just the way that their family deals with the holidays and how kind of funky that is. So, again, the rest of everything you guys said, I'm going to agree with. Top three is the same. Love Carl and Maude and their weird, crazy interactions. Um, come back, little seal girl. I think I've talked to death how much I loved that during that episode. And Hello, Stranger has to be my number one from the season. It's a phenomenal episode. Yeah, so I think we're just pretty much agreeing with that. So, 
um, yeah, I guess we can talk about uh, what you guys expect for season two to happen. Um, so, you know, any changes with like the story or the characters? So, what do you want to see in season two? Here's a prediction I have off the bat about the whole show, and this is not a spoiler. It might be. But for those of you who haven't watched the rest of the show, I don't know and I don't remember. But I am 99.9 repeating percent sure that Ginger will end up with Darren at the end of the series. I just can feel it in my bones. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I think that has to, at the very least, it has to be explored further, right? They're not just going to leave it at that one episode and be like, well, we already discussed how they're not really working as a couple and that's never going to come up again. There's no way that that's going to be what the show does. I'd like to see, at the very least, I, I know Patricia already said it's disappointing, but I'd, I'd like to see at least some sort of a callback to the Sasha thing and at least see that they complete it. I'd like to see Dodie be less terrible. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but <laughs> it would be nice. Okay, so what about for the Carlin Hoodsy plot? I don't imagine a ton, ton changing. I can't remember. Where's where's that petrified eyeball at now? Who's who's had it last? Carl and Hoodsy still have the petrified eyeball. I was going to say, I hope that at least comes back again. I feel like it has to, but I hope that that, that continues being a, a trackable object. Yeah, I hope so as well. I think they'll get in another fight. I think they'll have a big one, Carl and Hoodsy. Maybe not in season two, but at least by season three. Um, and then they'll make up and be fine. And I think they'll accept Blake as one of their own eventually. And I think he'll come to reject his family's sort of hoity-toity ways. Yeah, I, I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm gonna say some things that might come by in season two. Again, I'm not gonna say like in a spoiler way, but as kind of hinted at when Ashley and I interviewed Ken Michael, something major will happen to Darren. That's the first part. There are going to be getting closer to reaching towards, like, adulthood. And there's going to be something involved that Macy's going to be really terrified with. Uh, another, uh, So we're going to see some more interactions with, like, uh, you know, Ginger and Lois. So there'll be something about that. And uh, the, on- the other episode that we did talk about in the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast was with um, Lois, uh, with uh, Dodie and her grandmother. That'll be coming back as well. Uh, and also, uh, something that um, Carl and Hoodsy own that once belonged to Blake, that's going to be coming back in an episode. And um, Lois may possibly have um, something going on uh, involving with her personal life. That may be a thing. Eventually, as time goes on, um, you know, we'll see kind of like more into Courtney's side and, you know, Ginger's side and her academics. So, yeah, that's all I can spoil for now. And, yeah, there's going to be some really, really interesting things coming in season two. So, yeah, I, I, if there's nothing else we can say about um, our predictions, then I guess we can wrap things up. Yeah, I just want to throw out a quick thanks to you guys who have been listening. If you've been listening, for the entirety of season one, hopefully watching along with us. It's been a great time sort of getting to really feel this story, and I, I hope you guys continue along the ride with us. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are watching along with us, and not that I didn't expect it, but I didn't expect the amount of comments and the amount of, you know, YouTube views that you get, Patricia, and the amount of downloads we get when we post this as a podcast. And for I'm sure some people skip it, and they're only interested in the non-as-told-by-ginger Friday Night Nicktoons, but for those of you who are in it for We're In Between, it's been super fun, and uh, we appreciate you a lot. So, that is it for this Episode 1 recap. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, tune in next week as we're going to be discussing about the first episode of Season 2, Never Can Say Goodbye. Hope to see you around soon, and thank you for listening. (laughs) 